My name is Michael Harvey. I'm a DC in Rochester, Minnesota, about an hour and a half south of here. And um, I was just talking to a bunch of Texas people, and, and they're like, thank you for this beautiful weather. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear Jesus Christ, we thank you for this time to gather together and uh, be blessed um, by your presence. <clears throat> um, Lord, um, in your ministry here on earth, you worked with a lot of volunteers. And um, when we look at those volunteers that you worked with, we know that we can't expect perfect volunteers, and we can't expect them to serve forever. Um, but Lord, we know that um, through your power and through your guidance, um, you do great things through many people with many skills. And we just pray that um, through this time together and through um, uh, your um, guidance in the Holy Spirit, that we can see and our eyes can be open on how we can best work with volunteer leaders and um, equip them, empower them to be um, serving where they need to be um, for the reason they need to be and so that they know it. Um, Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Not used to doing one hand stick mic. All right. Um, so I have award times here, and I've got a special award for all of you. Um, and you're going to be just super excited to get it. But first, I want to just kind of see the lay of the land here. Who thinks they have the longest serving volunteer? Now, you're in a session about volunteer longevity, so this may be kind of a short answer. I don't know. Maybe you do have some wonderful ones. You're like, how do I replicate that? Who, um, say, uh, let's say, worked in the same ministry for 20 years? Like a volunteer has been working with you for 20 years, 30 years, 40. It, it, uh, sure, let's, let's play that game of any time in your, and you look like you have a pass, so <laughs> watch out, folks, right? <laughs> All right, so we're on 40, 50, uh, 55, 60, 60. your arm tired, so 70. 65, okay, so what, how, how long? Little, oh, 61, yeah, so, so this is an interesting thing. We're not going to get into that, but sometimes there's volunteer longevity. You're trying to find more volunteers to work longer or help longer so you don't have to be searching constantly, whatever. And then there's the other side of how do you help them finish well and strong and finish when they are at the top of their game instead. But that could be a whole other topic as we talk about. It. Now, this is what I'm interested in, shortest serving. I, I'm, do, like, do, should I start at minutes? How about a year? Let's start at a year. A year. Okay, I know it's going to go less than a year. Has anybody had just a year? Okay, so a um, uh, month, a week, okay, a day. Like, did anybody, raise your hand high if you had someone like, you did. Okay, sorry, I'm, I'm looking, both of you. <laughs> this, is, this is the special short-serving role here. All right, so a day in what role, what, what position or whatever were they serving in? Sunday school. <laughs> Was that day Sunday. I bet that day was Sunday. Yeah, it's like, and I'm out, right? Yeah, I don't want to do that. So volunteer with the most postings. So what I'm talking about there is um, they help in the most areas. They've spread themselves out so far. Um, volunteer in the most areas. Say 10 different areas, would you say? And I, you're probably going, okay, how many? So is it 10? It may have someone that's in like 15. Sounds crazy. Oh, yeah, but we have a hand, right? Almost there. Is that you? Oh, okay. All right. I won't make you label all the, all the roles, but we, we all have those people that probably are serving in so many different ways. Okay. Awesome. Is she in the room? Is it a good thing she's everywhere? <laughs> good. <laughs> That's a Christian response right there. 
I like it. Let's, let's keep that positive attitude, right? And now here's the, the really the, the, where the money um, is, is volunteer in their sweet spot. Does anybody have a volunteer that's like in their sweet spot? Like this place was made for them. That is encouraging to see. Does anybody feel like they have no volunteers in a sweet spot? Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a disheartening, tough place to be, you know, and then you're like, that's why I'm here, all right? You just uncovered it. And now I'm curious, um, how, what size churches, how many um, are, and this is not like, I'm just curious because each size church has different dynamics, right? And different challenges to volunteerism. And uh, how many of you are in a church that is um, 100 or less? Okay, from like 100 to 300. All right, 300 to um, 800, I'm just, being, okay, 8 to 1,200, 1,200 plus. All right, so as you look around the room, we had people raising their hand at every single one of those, right? And so if you're thinking, well, I'm in here because I'm a small church and I can't find volunteers and I'm, I'm curious about this, guess what? Every size church has questions and is looking for um, what do you do with volunteers? Um, so we're all in this together. Um, in the Bible study this morning, they did kind of the same exercise. We all are in the same boat. A lot of wisdom in this room. And I'm not in here, you know, why am I here? I'm not here thinking that I have all the answers and you guys are in miserable wrecks, okay? That may be true for some of you. I'm, you know, we're not going to dig, okay? So, um, but that's not why I'm here, Right? Redeemer is blessed with many long-term volunteers. We have this happening at the church that I serve. Is it my, um, is it because of all me? Is it my, my responsibility that we have long, yeah, thank you for saying, no, no. I have only met you a long, short time, and I definitely know it's not you, right? <laughs> that is clear. So we have a lot of long-time volunteers, and a lot of that was started before I was there, but I think we've, we've start kind, of, kind of distilled out some really good practices to help that and encourage that as we go. I'm going to share those with you. You take them, you run with them. If everything I share today is stuff you feel like you're doing, then your time here and the time you can chew on this and that little handout that has a high five on it, which that brings me, um, sorry, I, I feel like I didn't hand out the rewards. I think you guys owe... There's the, the high five award. Who, who had the, long, uh, the longest was back here, right? Yeah, high five. Stewardship, awesome. Yeah, I was taught this reward system by an elementary school teacher, so if you think it's a bad one, you just let him know. Okay. And I missed a couple others, but we're going to keep moving here. Now, um, some of this culture, but I believe that there is ways you can encourage longevity. If you have heard all of these, then take the time to think about, yeah, but let me rethink how I'm applying these practices, Okay. Because am I doing it in the best way for that person? Or am I doing it in the, the, the best way for me? Let's, we're just going to rethink about what we're doing with our volunteers. Um, and uh, again, this is an exhaustive. This is 35 minutes, okay? Uh, so what we're going to take time is at this gathering, our, our um, scriptural references is the book of Psalms, okay? And so as they go through these sectionals, some are going to do this, and they encourage each sectional just... Let's look at this, and what, is, what does Psalms have to say about uh, our life? And when you're thinking about volunteers, all this discussion we've had at the Mass event and the Bible study this morning, you kind of go, okay, that makes sense with volunteers, because we have all ranges of emotions, right, with volunteers? How many of you have been just over the top, full of joy with volunteers? Stand up if you were that way. Just like, 
Stand up. We just got to get some movement in here. I love to stand up, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it is possible, right? And so how many of you have really been, what are the Christian words to say this, like frustrated? Okay, yeah. They're like, I'll stand up for that, right? Because we've been there, right? And what about, and to be honest, angry? Has there been anger with for volunteers? Are they in the room? Just <laughs> this is the time. We're going to have an intervention. We're just going to sit them up here, and we're going to deal with it. And, and with volunteers, you are experiencing a roller coaster of emotions sometimes, right? Like, I love you in this role, but this role, I need to get you, you know, there's, there's all this dynamic that in 35 minutes we're not. So thank you for saying that out loud and honoring that. Um, and has there been sadness with volunteers? Yeah, right? And we, we have to grieve when, <laughs> for different reasons, right? So let's kind of join in this together, Psalm 103. Um, and uh, we're just going to kind of go through Psalm 103, and then we're going to rock out the um, five points because of the hand, right? So let's read this together. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Like, these words, I just, when I read this Psalm, Psalm 103, I just think, I wish all my volunteers could say that when they do their job. Amen? Like, wouldn't that be awesome if they come into whatever role they're playing, they go, praise the Lord, all my soul. Praise the Lord. I mean, my inmost being, praise his holy name. And if you came in here thinking, I wish I could say that about my volunteers, <laughs> I wish that for you too. But I hope you start thinking about how in the world do I start bringing joy into the roles I want my volunteers to play? Okay, how do I, how do I bring joy? Let's keep reading. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires for good things so that you or youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord is, works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Yeah. And this is what brought me to the psalm in the first place, is um, and your youth is renewed like eagles, right? Like, um, and as we start this off, let's just put this out there, that there's only so much we can do, but who can do more than we can? God. And, and I, I mean, it always comes back to this. In the sessions that I lead, you always have to address that point, but oftentimes we say it, but do we mean it? Do you really believe that God can actually work miracles and do wondrous things in the volunteers and the, and the lay people in your church? Good. And if you're kind of like, I want you to just internally think about that. Can, can he do that? And if you're at a point where, like, I'm saying yes, but I'm not sure, like, that is a huge opportunity for prayer right there. Okay, let's read. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. All right, so you already are getting some story in here. Like, you, let's remember what he has done, so who the Lord is. And these are the pieces of the Psalms that are beautiful because it always goes back to the story. And how are we telling the story to our volunteers, about our volunteers? We're going to talk about that. This story is very important, and God is always telling us story. Remember, remember. Let's keep remembering. Let's read. 
He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So far as the east is from the west, so, so far as he will be sorry from us. All right. Now that is what you call gospel motivation. All right. That is gospel motivation. That is, we have a reason to do what we're doing. Um, as Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Our life as mortal is like grass. Keep moving just for time's sake here. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember his, pre his precepts. And we're going to just, I mean, I see in this some vision as God is giving us to this, right? The wind blows over it and is gone. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, right? It is not going to leave. Like, look forward, people. We have a vision together. We are riding this together, and I will never leave you. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, and he will serve do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. And we're back to the joy. We end where we began in that joy, that praise the Lord and his works. We want people to be saying that. All right, so we're taking, um, this is also something just to kind of introduce you to, and I'm not sure how much you've seen this, but this is something that the gathering has told us to share with you guys. And as we go through these, and this is going to be quick, and you're going to see these in other places too, and it's coming out in a book, so it'll all be there. So if you miss it, don't be concerned about it too much. But congregations that have, these are the seven points for healthy ministries. And now what I'm talking about today isn't necessarily specific to volunteers in youth ministry. It could be volunteers anywhere, okay? But engaged parents and supportive adults are for sure in youth ministry. Um, but what volunteers, we're definitely looking for opportunities to serve and lead. How are we giving them and really giving them opportunities to serve and lead? And warmth, challenge, and grace, right? And what I would love to do is unpack that with you guys a little bit. What is warmth, challenge, and grace? Um, and maybe if we have time at the end, um, but I do want to be conscious of your time and be committed to that. Um, so then the next three have a different kind of header, so I just kind of put them in a slide like this. Congregations that help each, each uh, young person too, but um, is it really only young people that need these three things? No. I think these are great statements. I think they're great statements not just for young people, but for everybody that is being ministered to and cared for, right? So don't we want everybody to, have deeply, to deeply understand their baptismal faith? And that's huge in volunteers. And I think so often that's one that gets missed a lot is, is do they really understand who they are as a baptized and beloved child of God? Did we start there? Because a lot of times it's like we need this filled and we skip right past who are they as a baptized and beloved child of God, right? Develop a resilient identity in Christ. And when you're in volunteer ministry, do you need to have resilience? <laughs> yeah, we laugh because how many of you are not full-time called staff? 
bless your soul. Not in the northern sense, not in the southern sense, right? Isn't that like a half slight or something in the south or something? Bless your heart. Thank you. The soul is okay. Yeah, bless your soul. Take it as full. Like, bless your soul. We cannot do ministry without you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? Um, and someone might be talking about what we're talking about, about you somewhere in the world. So they're saying, this is my awesome volunteer. And live out their unique vocation. And this is a huge part of it. And we're going to get into them with a five. All right. So in this, uh, let them go five. Just kind of tie it into the titles. That's what your handout is. And uh, we're going to work through this hand. And so just turn to your neighbor and give them a high five. If you have a neighbor to write, I'll, I'll wait for a second. You can go down the row if you need to. Make sure you reach everybody. I'm an inclusive person. <clears throat> All right. So the high five and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Just to, uh, I like to, I'm like, I don't, they don't need another trinket. They're going to go to the free tables. They're going to get like a billion and a half pens and a coaster and a clippy thing and a, like everything. So you have the sheet of paper. You can throw the sheet of paper away because you have it right here. Okay? This is what we're going to go through. Uh, so we're going to start off with a thumb. Give me a thumbs up. Thumbs up, right? We're talking about joy-filled. We talked about the psalm. There has to be joy, okay? And so this is, this is weak compared to what the depth of the term joy is, right? Like thumbs up. <laughs> Good job. You're joyful, right? The Lord's work is serious, but it does not have to feel that way. And this is one I learned um, in this room right now. If I can just take a quick aside. Um, I like to jump right into things. I love talk ministry, but I do want to take a side because in my room, I have my parents in here. So if you can just wave. Yeah. Thank you for, yeah. <laughs> which is special to me because they don't get to see a lot of what I do because they're in another town, and so it's just really fun to have them in here. I have a high school friend, my best like best friend from high school, and Jim Roberts right there. You can raise his hand. I've got, I've got people from my family of believers in Rochester where I serve here in the back of the room, smiling away, and, and over here, Noel. And so um, they have taught me, these people have taught me over the years um, because I can get kind of serious, that there is room for joy, and there's room for laughter, right? And it all goes so much better if you can combine laughter with love. Like, we're not being silly. We're not taking this like, this isn't important, and, and not accomplishing anything because we're goofing off. But where is the joy in your ministry? And where is the joy in their ministry, right? If they feel like, I'm just kind of forced, marched into this thing, where, where is it going to go? I hear, oh, maybe I'm, I'm hearing things, so don't worry about me. It's only the second day of the gathering, right? All right, so now we're, we're pointing up. We've got our vision or purpose, okay? So you have your finger, and usually use that. Now, your mama told you, don't point, or, you know, if you point three fingers, or, you know, I always, well, then would well, point, they're not pointing back at me now. I'm pointing at everything. So just as a reminder, the vision or the purpose, what are we doing here and why are we doing it? And this is, a, this is a soapbox that I'm on. This is a drum I've been beating with a lot of different where, places where I share um, and, and teach is people must have a why. Do you have a why? Do you know why you're doing what you're doing? Who would say, I know my why and I could tell you right now? That's exciting. That's exciting. And here again, for you then, it's just, it's, this is a great time to re rethink that. What is, is that, is it true? And, and, and am I saying it and am I believing it, right? And if you don't, that's a great question to ask yourself. What is my why? Why am I even doing this? 
Am I just doing it for a paycheck? I hope not, because a lot of you are volunteers. <laughs> You're doing, doing the wrong thing, man. Um, but why are you doing it? And it should fundamentally and repeatedly be connected to Christ. So if your why for your volunteer is because we need the money counted, <laughs> how exciting is that? For some people, probably it's actually kind of exciting, right? Like, and if you find that rare or wonderful volunteer, you're going to find it. But some of the jobs that just need to be done in the, in the church, you have to help them understand what is the story, what is the vision, what is the why behind what we're doing this, right? And so how are you sharing your vision, your purpose, your why with the people that are volunteering? Okay, this one. Um, all right, I think I'm a little more witty than I am sometimes. Just ask my wife, all right? Yeah, I am married. So five kids, there's another aside, and three of them are at the gathering right now. Um, so uh, informed, gossip grows when truth is absent. Also, the reason why it's the middle finger, and you, you guys are all good Christians, so you're just going to be like, yep, I understand what that finger So that is informed. Like your volunteers need to know the offense that can be caused by that finger and also need to know that we don't use it here, right? That's the, so when you're thinking about the five that I'm talking about, like, that's, a, that's you got to know, you got to be informed, and you got to, are you informing your volunteers? This one is, I'm guessing most people are, but, so it's time to think about this one. How am I informing my volunteers? Are they on the same page with me? Are they understanding where we're going and why we're going there? And uh, if vision is like where we're going and why we're going, then this is how we're going and what that looks like, right? Does that make sense? Uh, forgiven and forgiving uh, in the church that is all about grace um, uh, and gospel. We also have, at times, I think a hard time because in the world that we live in, in a culture that we live in, um, of, of administering and receiving forgiveness. Am I off base? Would you agree with that? I think that's huge. And volunteers will not stay if they do not feel forgiveness or they cannot forgive. Does that make sense? Um, and so if you're having a struggle, I think you, it would be good to just evaluate the environment in which your, your volunteers are in. And by the envi environment, you can go as deep as you want to go. You can look at, okay, this is a small group that I want volunteers to deal with. Just look at that environment. But is that the only environment that impacts volunteers? No. So step out and say, where, are we forgiving and are we receiving forgiveness in this church? Is that something we talk about a lot? Is that something we model and show? Um, and if not, what, what could be done to increase and, and, and practice what we preach as Lutherans, right? Um, <clears throat> proper law, gospel, application, and the forgiveness of a repentant sinner, right? Uh, so storytelling is what I mentioned with the Psalm 2. Uh, and uh, so I feel like this one is probably going to be, you're going to have to make your own story, okay? So look, hold up your pinky. All right. Oh, and I should go back. Sorry, I'm going to just, just hold up your pinky. I just want you to just sit like this because maybe I'll take a picture of you in a second here. Um, ring finger makes sense, right? Forgive and forgiven. If you're married or you want to be married or think you want to stay married, forgiving and forgiveness, right? That can help you remember that that's what that is. Uh, storytelling. So your story of your pinky, like what is your story of your pinky? One that just jumps into mind for my story of my pinky is, is this little thing was useless. I was trying to learn to play guitar. Who plays guitar? <clears throat> yeah. And when you first start, you're like, I just want to chop you off and throw you away because life would be easier without a pinky. And then it starts pulling its weight, and you can start playing guitar. It's really fun, right? So what is your story um, that you want to sh share to help you remember that this is about storytelling, right? So we are 
um, doing this, right? Why are we doing, we are doing this, sorry. Do you remember, like, do you remember when we did, and do you remember when it was like this, but now it's like this, right? Um, did you see that um, when you guys worked together, how, how that made an impact over here, right? Or Bob did such a great job, and you're telling that story everywhere. Like, what would that do for volunteerism if the stories got told everywhere? And think, like, these are just a few starters, you know? Why are we doing this? Um, we are doing this because that's sharing your vision, right? Do you remember that's, that's sharing, like, in the psalm where the Moses, and we're, we're going back to dig and share where we're going forward, right? Did you see um, you're, you're lifting up, you're encouraging, you're building that joy and that um, acceptance? Um, let's just, just imagine what you can do when you tell some stories, right? And it's so much fun, <laughs> especially when you're telling on someone else when they did a good thing. All right, so the let them go, um, just a couple other things that, because there's only five fingers, and you already have five things. <laughs> so I'm going to sneak a few more on, okay? Uh, find their sweet spot, not a spot to fill, okay? Now, you might look at that, and this is like lightning round. If we had extra time, we can look at those a little bit. But you might say, our, our church is so small, you know, this seems like a luxury. Or our church is so big, and the people that are willing to volunteer are so small, this seems like a luxury. You can't put everybody in their sweet spot. That's unrealistic. Um, completely, as a 100% rule, it is. But as much as you can, it makes a big difference. Um, choice equals investment. When someone chooses to do something, does that mean they believe in it more? Yeah, so where can we give them choice? It is really warm in here, so if you fall asleep, I'm not going to hold it against you. All right? I'm walking back and forth because it's warm in here. <laughs> Just keep me awake, right? Choice is investment. So where can you give them the choice so that they can be invested? Which means that if you have a volunteer that's been going forever in this area and they're enjoying it, um, have you ever said, would you like to try serving somewhere else even before they asked you? Have you ever done that? Oh, good. Some of you have. I really encourage that because that every time you ask that question, it does two things. One, it says, you are not trapped in here. Even though the shackle's on your ankle, you're not trapped in here, right? No, you, I am willing to, I'm willing to make a way to let you go and try something different, right? And so if they stay, what does that mean? They want to. And they have made that choice to want to. Um, so there's some investment there, right? <laughs> or if you're in Minnesota, it's because you're Minnesota and you can't say no, and you're like, <laughs> Minnesota nice, right? Maybe other states have that same problem, okay? Um, also, if they say, I do want to go, and you are... Godspeed, let me help you find that sweet spot for you. Um, what is that going to do? Trust is huge, right? It gets them possibly in a place where they want to have that longevity of serving because they found their sweet spot. And maybe you have to find a, a hole to, or fill a hole over here um, in your heart because you miss them so much. Uh, but over here, they're going to be a blessing in a huge way. And God is on a mission. Um, has anybody um, got into the finky stuff? It's good stuff, right? It's, it's just really just common sense, down to earth, very simple, puts all the weight on God who asks for all the weight. And um, in this heavy lifting of volunteer ministry, um, it is nice to remind ourselves that God is on a mission. We talked about that earlier. Let me just restate that. God is on a mission here. And sometimes the fact that you don't have someone in a spot, um, it's there for a reason. If you are a person that is frustrated because you put five announcements in the bulletin and no one has stepped up, that's on you. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest, that's the definition of insanity, right? We're doing the same action over and over. 
accepting dis uh, expecting different results. So yeah, it's that personal invitation. And I love how you said it's taking that step forward, not just saying, could you please do this, but this is why. I see this in you. I see this talent. That's telling the story, right? I have talked to volunteers going through the worst junk in life. I say, if you need time, go. Like, stop teaching Sunday school or stop doing this or that or the other thing. And they go, you don't understand. This is getting me through this hard time. Telling children about Jesus every week is what is getting me through this hard time. Because they understand. Are they doing it for me? No. <laughs> They're for Jesus. And they understand that. And they understand that life is better for them and better for that child or that youth or whatever because they are involved in that ministry. And um, it's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. So what the, the best way to do that is, is have certain times in your church year or ministry cycle or whatever where it's like a natural time. You go, all right, guys, I, I want you back. Because that's, that's how my, my conversation starts. I want you back in here, but I want what's best for you. This is not about me. This is about the church. This is about you and your role in this church, your vocation, right? And so um, if you want to stay, I want you, but I also want you to know you're not locked in. That's how we do it. Yeah. And this is the thing is, like, you might get into those conversations. You might, like, am I buttering them up? Am I sugarcoating things? Yeah, you might be because people need to be cared for, right? But it doesn't mean that it's false or not true, right? That was a genuine conversation with genuine intention and emotion, and that's, that's respectful, Right? And it probably helped them out a lot in the long run. So um, <laughs> we, are, we are running short on time, and so we're going to have to close a prayer. Um, and uh, for today, I'm going to have to be kind of moving on. But I love this discussion. So seriously, if you want to come back, I'm happy to have you. It'll be this, a lot of the same stuff, so that you probably have better use of your time elsewhere. But if you find me or you see me and you want to talk to me or you want to come back to just talk, I'm happy to do that. Um, so we're going to close in a word of prayer. And I just as a quick thing for the lightning round, a lot of this revolves around the same thing. You know, like small churches, you may say, and I've heard this said, not enough people, not enough people wanting to do this or it's all overloaded. What's the Lord's mission for your church or your ministry area, right? What is tradition, custom, habit? Trim the fat. Are you trying to shove someone in a place that you really don't need anybody? Maybe God is saying, that's done. Let it go. Okay. Give yourself permission to, to step back from where you think you're, you're trying to fill slots and go, what is the slot that God needs filled here? And it may not even be anywhere in that area. Maybe over here is where he's equipped you guys to go. So just take a just second to look at that. We're going to go to prayer time as we close this time. And thank you guys for being here in this warm room and participation. And like I said, I would have had a lot more fun if we could have had a little more time to talk. So happy to do that later. Let's pray. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you for this time, and I pray um, your presence and your blessing upon each of these ministries and these, these family of believers out there, Lord. Um, they are all part of your body of Christ, and, and you have um, set up the right people for the right places um, that your mission is directing them to go. Lord, help us all step back and seek your will, seek your direction, your guidance. And um, Lord, um, I pray that you open our eyes to see the right people, the right ministry, the right places and bring joy in the midst of all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.